When I was a kid, my parents showed me tons of old Disney movies. Swiss Family Robinson, That Darn Cat, The Computer Who Wore Tennis Shoes. You name it, I watched it. But one of my favorites was an old Western adventure TV show that also had a movie and a full-on earworm theme song that was impossible not to sing along to. Every episode had such delights as hunting animals for sport and, um, and gunning down indigenous people uh, they labeled savages? Uh, I'm sure it's still totally fine. That show and movie was Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. Welcome to The Hold Up. Each month we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years. Watch it and decide, does it hold up? I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longineau. Hey ya, friends. Hey ya, hey ya. We are in the summertime and the living ZZ and all that other stuff that we always say. Living ZZ? Living <laughs> sleazy. Oh, sleazy. No, oh, I mean, well, no yeah. summertime. Always the, living sleazy. You don't know what song I'm talking about? Summertime in the living ZZ? Summertime in the living ZZ. You never I heard? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> now we need a needle. I know, I know like hot town, summer in the city. Nah. Back just, of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Now we need a needle drop. Hold up. See, that's the one I'm talking about. Still, I have no fucking clue what that figures. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to our little dog and pony show that we call The Hold Up. This is pseudo a listener request. Our friend Robin wrote in and asked if we would do a Disney movie. And uh, I oh, think wait, she with Nelson pseudo. What are you talking about? We're doing a Disney movie. I, oh, I think she this request to the letter. I don't I'm pretty sure she meant like an animated one or one that was good. But we're doing Davy Crockett. King of the Wild Frontier. It's almost like we took a listener request and then sort of subverted it for our own delightful glee. No, you perverted it. That's the word you're thinking of. Perverted ah, sure. it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and we will get to our perversions in just one moment. But first, uh, you can email us, as Robin did, at holduppodcast at gmail.com, where we received another email with someone else's vision that we're going to pervert. All right. Uh, <laughs> Longino, take it away. Certainly. We got an email from uh, my dear friend and yours, too, Pat McGrath. Hi, Pat. He writes us, John's excellent point on 2010, the year we make contact. As a 1982 Arthur C. Clarke book adapted into a 1984 Peter Hyman's movie, 2010 stands well enough on its own. Compare storytelling techniques with 2001 A Space Odyssey, and there is no clean handoff. Hearing you touch on this reminded me of Dr. Sleep. Historically, mm. Stephen King's novel The Shining was very well received, and then Stanley Kubrick adapted it into a movie of his own. The novel was empathetic, and the movie is rather detached. Both are separately respected. Twenty-some years later, King himself writes a sequel to The Shining novel, Dr. Sleep. It was not nearly as well regarded as its literary predecessor, though it is very much a follow-up to the book, full of emotion and told from the characters' perspectives. A few more years pass, and the Dr. Sleep movie comes out, made by Mike Flanagan. There's no way to adapt the sequel to The Shining into a movie and not acknowledge the previous movie that people like. 
The Doctor Sleep movie feels odd because it sticks closer to the plot points from its source material, while the music, cinematography, ending, and more are homages to the cold and clinical Kubrick movie. Flanagan is a more than competent filmmaker, yet the detached mystery and unsettling tension is gone. Kubrick's challenging objectivity has been replaced by Flanagan's serviceable book report. <laughs> the story of Dr. Sleep is fine, while the presentation is hollow. I like Dr. Sleep and do not respect it as much as The Shining. Have either or both of you seen Dr. Sleep? What are your thoughts, feelings on it? Is it a fool's errand to follow up a Kubrick film, even if more of the original material exists? Well done, Johns. Pat M. Thank you, Pat. And uh, to his primary question, Mr. Nelson, have you seen Dr. Sleep or read the novel? I have. I have both. I actually have a long doctoral thesis about this very subject, dear listeners. My, my goodness. Well, I will so if you uh, have, take, a, take a seat back because yeah. I have not seen Dr. Sleep, nor have I watched the film. So my opinions are going to be very short and brief. So oh, well. take, take it away, John. TLDR, Dr. Sleep is fruit of the poison tree. That's basically my opinion on the matter. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, first of all, The Shining, the book and the movie are two of my favorite pieces of media of all time. Like Stephen King's one of my favorite writers. So The Shining, the book being one of his best means like, oh, it's my one of my favorite books by one of my favorite writers. And I love the movie. Uh, for different reasons. Um, here's my problem with Stephen King's interpretation of his characters, which is what I think the problems with Dr. Sleep boil down to. Stephen King has convinced himself, I don't know if he was always convinced, but he is convinced that the reason that the Kubrick Shining doesn't work is because Jack Nicholson is a terrible casting choice because and I'm paraphrasing here, you know that he's crazy from the first minute you see him, thus there's nowhere for him to go. He elaborates by saying Jack Torrance is a good man who has been driven mad by the ghosts of the Overlook Hotel. And he basically will not accept that there is any other sort of interpretation to that. Like Jack Torrance was a good guy and he was undone by the, by the ghosts. Uh, the reason I like The Shining is because Jack Torrance is not a good man undone by the ghost. He is an alcoholic. The good man who he might have been died when he became an alcoholic because he is a terrible human being that is fatally weak and he is endangering his family even before they go to the Overlook. Uh, in the movie and the book, he has already, we know this for a fact, broken his son's arm in a fit of drunken rage. In the book, there's two other things that happen. Number one, he's fired from his job because he assaults a student. The reason he's having to work at the Overlook at all is because he assaulted a student. The second thing, when he's driving around drunk with one of his drunky friends, they're both plastered to the moon, they're driving out in the countryside, they come around a corner and he runs over a bicycle. And he and his drunky friend spend two hours trying to figure out if they hit somebody. What does that have to do with Dr. Sleep? Well, what it has to do with Dr. Sleep is Dr. Sleep might as well be titled Dr. Sleep colon the redemption of Jack Torrance because he only wrote it, in my opinion, to show the world what a great guy Jack Torrance was. The good part of the book is the beginning part because Danny Torrance is the son of an alcoholic. Guess what happened when he grew up? He became an alcoholic also and started ruining his life. And the only reason he is not as bad as his father was is he knew he was bad and didn't have kids. He bottoms out and then he becomes a hospice worker and he uses his powers of the shining to help people to their great reward. And then he fights vampires for some reason. <laughs> what? And the ghost of Jack Torrance comes in at a key point to save the day. It's terrible. 
<laughs> the movie is okay. is slightly better. Flanagan, the director of that, has openly admitted, hey, I'm a fan of Stephen King. I'm a fan of Kubrick. I'm trying to tiptoe around both. I understand the problem Stephen King has with uh, Kubrick stuff, but I feel like the one that people know is the movie. So I'm going to proceed as if this is a sequel to the movie. But if you're a Stephen King fan, you can probably make the adjustment. My recollections of the promotional material for Dr. Sleep, the film, as someone who's never read the book, is like, it was just basically screaming like, hey, do you like Shining the movie? Right. Come on down. We literally are playing the soundtrack from the movie and here's the girls and come play with us. And like, well, yeah, it was like a greatest hits thing. The movie takes a lot of like stuff from the Shining the movie and puts and see to me, that's the failing of the movie is that it's almost too beholden to Kubrick's movie. And it's almost like, well, if you're going to change the source material and just change it, make it better. Don't, you know, don't get stuck or mired in this, you know, the vision of either man, you know, don't get stuck in Stephen King's right. vision. Don't get stuck in Kubrick's vision, which I think it does. Well, there, <laughs> there's your uh, 40 minute answer, Patrick. Now that now we're done. Show's over. We've talked enough, I think. Okay. <laughs> no, sorry, folks. Uh, if you want to write us, you can write us at holdupodcast at gmail.com as Patrick did. Thank you, Patrick. And as Robin did to make tonight's request. Thank you, Robin, for uh, requesting some kind of Disney film, which we interpreted to be <laughs> Davy Crockett, King of the wild frontier yes thank you and i'm sorry to robin for, <laughs> well because this nelson a lot of this is like you and i discussed at great length what disney movie do we bring to this podcast right and the trouble we were running into is i mean we're both the fathers of daughters and all you know yeah. so and disney plus has made them eminently watchable <laughs> so it's like okay so now what do we do there's not a lot there but then i had thought of like oh i used to watch all these old like you know 50s and 60s disney movies right definitely have not seen one of those in a while and for some reason davy crockett <laughs> was the one i thought had the most potential right to to have a, a a little bit of a different view on it now than when i saw it i don't know what you're talking about everything's <laughs> gonna be fine we're gonna watch a sprawling adventure story and everything will be great but nelson i i'm I actually curious how much do you know about davy crockett because i could sort of explain to our listeners like the deal with him but before i do that like what do you know about davy crockett king of the wild frontier well i don't know much about the movie i don't even know much about the real davy crockett to be perfectly honest i know he was at the alamo and shit like that um see oh the, uh, most, this podcast is over i'm i'm so ashamed <laughs> yeah i know sorry well i've seen most of the those old disney movies we were you know when you were like mm -hmm. top cat the computer wore tennis shoes davy crockett uh swamp fox i mean there's that one escape to witch mountain i saw all these movies <laughs> sure. either on the wonderful world of disney on tv or at the dining area in my church where they would show the kids movies to keep us from uh running on the streets with drugs and guns <laughs> but those are the only times i've seen like as a kid i saw these movies for anyone who doesn't know davy crockett is of course a folk hero of legend <laughs> and the reason i know so much about him that maybe you don't is he is from tennessee mm. and as a tennessee uh, born man i was born in nashville tennessee I, davy crockett was very important to uh to my family and stuff so interesting but he did, i thought he he didn't fight at the alamo I he thought, did. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, that's because I was going to say story. Texas has a real like proprietary thing <laughs> sure. for Davy Crockett too. Of course. So yes, no, no, no. So Davy Crockett and uh, Jim, what Jim Bowie? I don't know. Bowie night. Anyway, whatever. Like Davy Crockett was a hero of Tennessee. A man, sort of that Paul Bunyan-y 
like well actually i guess more maybe more an abe lincoln zone of like was a real guy but had a bunch of like folk stuff about him and you know sort of a, a overdone like legend you know <laughs> right bear like... killer and frontiersman and you know um well but anyway he killed him a bar when he was only three i think is what you mean there you go exactly <laughs> But this, uh, um, as was popular with Disney, they adapted the story of Davy Crockett into a TV series right. in the 50s. And that's where the song comes from. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free, raised in the woods so she knew every tree, killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy, Davy Crockett. Crockett. King, King of, of the Wild, wild frontier. frontier. Yes, exactly. Terrible. So that was a TV show, very popular. It was made a movie, which we're going to watch. So, what do you know about the show? What do you What do you think the movie's about? I assume they're just going to go through the lyrics of the song, and you know, he was born in Tennessee. Three years old, he killed a bear, and then you know, nine years old, he killed a drifter, and then he went to the Alamo and shot a bunch of savages, quote unquote. <laughs> the end. No, I'm guessing, well, I, I, because uh, guessing what we've seen, like from old Yeller and from the movies of the time, I'm guessing it follows in the, uh, the pattern of many live action Disney films of that era, which is a lot of episodic shit happens with no real through line, except that Davy Crockett's involved. And then at the end he fights at the Alamo, but somehow wins the Alamo and, uh, walks out a hero <laughs> with the Alamo burning behind him. I don't know. I have no idea. What's interesting is I don't really know either, to be honest. I I have very strong memories of the show, and mm -hmm. I did watch the movie, and I sort of remember... I can't for the life of me recall if the film is like a greatest hits of Davy Crockett's life, like a biopic style, running them down, or if it's more like a one-off extended episodic adventure featuring Davy Crockett. Right. That, that's because that's what the TV show was like. The TV show was sort of like, what's Davy's problem this week? Right. You know, he's like Davy the Vampire Slayer, basically, like <laughs> the, the, the classic thing. Uh, I will say Davy Crockett, you may, you may or may not remember this, the actor portraying him, this is not his first time on The Holdup. Oh, who was he? Davy Crockett is played by Fess Parker, okay. who portrayed the dad in Old yeller okay oh actually you so, probably mentioned that when we did old I yeller probably huh? did that, right. hey this guy's davy crockett so <laughs> the guy who came back from drinking and horror to find out the dog <laughs> had, was rabid and had to be shot oh yes i literally know nothing about this man except that he played davy crockett and that he was in old yeller i want to say in old yeller might have come out after the davy crockett tv show makes sense so it's sort of like he was already an established disney guy you know it's like the marvel universe where <laughs> davy crockett walks on old yeller or whatever <laughs> what uh, um so was this did he play both the tv and the movie version of yes okay. yes and there's actually two films of davy crockett there's uh we were looking actually discovered this as we were preparing to uh, have it ready to watch on disney plus uh, I thought there was only one Davy Crockett movie. There's Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. There was also Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. So <laughs> the uh, River we we're not going to watch the River Pirate thing, but that actually seems very in line with what the TV show is like, which is what's the adventure going on with right. Davy Crockett this week. Apparently he uh, had a River Pirate adventure <laughs> at some point. <laughs> 
And the thing I remember most about the show, I'll be brutally honest, and this is part of why I wanted to bring it on. When I was young, this was shown to me earnestly with really no caveats. And I remember a vast majority of the show being Davy Crockett gunning down Native Americans <laughs> gleefully. Like, like, like a huge part of the plot was like frontiersmen going into territories that are native american territories and as they would call them in the show the indians or let's say engines engines redskins all those sweet in. things that you would say about a yep. person hooting and hollering and and smoke and, and guns and horses and bows and arrows and like a vast majority of the show was him just gunning down native americans like they were the in they might as well have been stormtroopers basically <laughs> right like, and there was nothing about i mean this was made in the fucking 50s right this is the prime like cowboys and indians time you know like so it really wasn't a thought that anything bad was going on and I just remember it being a good old-fashioned adventure. <laughs> well, I'll just shoot them all and save the Americans the cost of a trial or, uh, <laughs> you know, making them have to move or anything like that. Let's just take yes. them out clean. That was Davy Crockett, folks. Well, I don't know that. I mean, perfectly honest, I don't know much about the actual man beyond that he fought and obviously died at the Alamo. <laughs> Well, I want to say he was, I, I, I'm, I'm not well versed in the history. I know there was a bit, he served in Congress at one point. I want to say. That's right. Yes. That was, that was in the he, song too. Yes. I think he was a congressman for Tennessee or I, maybe a senator, but I can't remember. I'm sure he wore his leathers into Congress and, you know, made a stink of himself. Yes. I'm sure we'll see that in the movie is <laughs> him wandering into the halls of Congress with his moccasins and. Yeah. Shouting, but I would I would actually imagine that's where the legend of Davy Crockett sort of got born. Is like in Mm. his political career, it became you (laughs) know, oh, you're not just electing some guy, you're electing Davy Crockett from Tennessee, the bear killing, you know, super soldier. Yeah, the guy who he he owns millions of dollars worth of businesses. He's a billion. Oh wait, no, I'm thinking the wrong. Yes, Davy Crockett. (laughs) But he he and a bunch of people from Tennessee volunteered to go defend the alamo at a time where many people were not they're very famous for that there's a reason that a tennessee uh college football team is the volunteers <laughs> that, that is why this is like a, a very storied uh hallowed you know well-remembered moment of heroism in american history that davy crockett and all these tennessee soldiers <laughs> defended the alamo now they died there <laughs> And so one might argue perhaps Davy Crockett didn't make the best call. And but there's also this this bit of like, oh, more people should have come and that's how heroic he was. He, right. he went out, you know, fighting. I love the idea that they're called the volunteers after Davy Crockett, who died at the Alamo probably on the wrong side if i'm guessing my history right it's probably like well you know we defended it from you know the native americans who had a legitimate beef with us but we for some reason turned oh, every, you know that's not true at all actually oh, the, really? the alamo was the mexican army oh well, then never mind i just don't they know were, my history. we were not fighting that's yeah, fine we were not fighting native americans at the alamo we were fighting the mexican army because mexico used to have texas and then we encroached upon those territories and that started 
the Mexican-American War. So I only got the 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 peoples wrong. I didn't get the actual story wrong. We took something from somebody, sure. sent people to defend it, and then, you know, hallowed out the history based on I people mean, dying as they should. To be, to be fair, I think a lot of that was sort of a gray area zone of like, it was kind of a land grab, right? So I'm right. no I'm no historian, but Mexico was grabbing land. The U.S. was encroaching upon the land. It's you know, <laughs> I, it's tough. I was very much raised by Texas and Tennessee relatives, right. so perhaps my view of the Alamo is skewed. But my understanding was it was a legitimate quarrel on our part. Oh, uh, we're to about to get uh, but, hit. Uh, <laughs> we're about to get canceled, and we're not even you know yeah. popular. <laughs> no, but I'm not gonna. I, you're probably right by all you know. I mean, we're literally you and I right now. Our butts are planted on what once was Mexico. So yes. you know, hundred percent. Certainly. Uh, I, I'm no historian. If I had to guess, eh, we probably didn't have much claim to it and just took it. That would make a lot of sense. It's certainly our MO. But, um, but yes, I, you know, I, I think a lot of that was because um, it was Santa Ana of the Mexican army was the one attacking the Alamo. So okay. there was a, there's a huge history of like them having lots of battles and stuff. Mm. The thing about the Alamo that's the most significant, and people still remember this, is it was used much like a 9-11 or something <laughs> as like a rally cry to get people behind something. Hey, remember the Alamo. Right. Remember that these Americans died defending this place, so let's go get them. We, it, you know, we got that L, so let's go get that W. Fuck them. And then we, I think we ended up, quote unquote, winning that war right. or certainly taking it back and taking Texas is now in the United States. So right. so we did OK on that one, I guess. Yeah. That, I mean, that's bold. You got to admit, because it's like that almost be like nowadays saying, remember Vietnam as a rallying I, cry. Uh, for let's, let's try yeah. and win this one again. <laughs> I, I'd say a more a more accurate one is like, remember Pearl Harbor. Right. Like a like a, 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 a loss that really fired people up to go win a war right vietnam so, would be like forget the alamo <laughs> we, we we didn't win so now you've gotten your history lesson we have given yes. you the the facts as uh, understood by everyone <laughs> uh there is no incorrect... ill-informed white guys that don't really remember have only i only learned history from the movies like this we're about to watch exactly and I did, you know, I didn't even bother to learn it from that. So <laughs> I'm from Arizona, folks. I, you know, we don't bother to even learn our history. We just declare that USA, <laughs> USA. That's all we do. Uh, so this movie, Davy Crockett, we don't know anything about it except that, you know, a hero, Davy Crockett, rises from the swamps or whatever and goes out and the kills. swamps? Well, it's not, it's <laughs> I keep mixing Florida him up man. with the swamp <laughs> fox. He's, yeah. He was born <laughs> no, on the no. mountaintop. Pardon mountains, me. Mountains, smoky mountains. <laughs> It's he, not swampland. He, yeah. God <laughs> drops him down on the mountains. He then walks down barefooted with his cap that's famous. This is this is where the cap in the fifties came from, right? All the kids were wearing. I'm yes. not gonna I'm not gonna say the, what type of skin a raccoon. Oh, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, yes, it was it was a coon skin cap, Ugh. but it was not a ref. It was not a racial reference. It was just raccoons. And it was I short. know, coon but it just skin sounds cap. awful nowadays. Since you know. Since the uh, uh, slur that, you know, it, it is used for was so completely overused, now it just can't help but sound awful. Anyway, in well, the 50s, it was very popular. You, 
strap in because I'm going to guess this movie is going to be a, a nonstop onslaught of, of wincing terms. And, and <laughs> well, let me, you know, this is horribly outdated. We're going to have to report back to you on this one, folks. But I am wondering, did Disney put a uh, warning up front saying, hey, everybody, we're going to let you see this movie oh, as is. Oh, that's a great question. Because, yeah, Disney put they what, I haven't seen this yet, but they uh, reportedly have put in front of movies like hey, this may be culturally insensitive. Keep in mind, this is like 50 years old or right. whatever, you or know, 60 years old. They, they haven't I, dared I wonder, Song of the South yet. I'm wondering when that's coming. No, they want Disney very intentionally since the, I think the last time they re-released that was like the mid-80s. Yep. I could have gone to the theater and seen it. I, that was when it was, that I was did. how long ago? Did you? I did, wow. as a child. I was taken to it. Oh, yes. Yes, the family that showed me Davy Crockett <laughs> definitely took that's me to see Song of the South. So funny sure. because my family, who took me to see every Disney movie, I was like, oh, that's a Disney movie. Let's go see it. And they're like, uh, why don't you go outside and play? We'll talk about it. <laughs> then forgot I, to we, mention we, it. We, a lot of this we covered in our Gone with the Wind episode. But uh, <laughs> should you want to hear my thoughts about my Southern heritage, feel free to go back and listen to our Gone with the Wind episode. Oh, that probably says enough right there. We did a Gone with the Wind episode, everybody. <laughs> there you go. But Nelson, have you ever seen the show Davy Crockett? Or I don't the, think I've seen I've, the show. I've, I've, I have seen the movie. So I'm fairly it. okay. I'm, I'm fairly certain I've seen the movie once, maybe even twice, because this seems like one of the movies they would show at our little summer. You know, you know, kids, you know, come in for a buck and get free popcorn and all that. Sh- you know, where I saw Godzilla and all this other you know that stuff sense. that I saw. You have no like specific memory of the first time or time you saw. Well, it with let, your hey, let me tell you, David Crockett blown away Native Americans is about ninety percent of the memory you need to know. <laughs> that is that is like, if I remember anything, that happens constantly. Like that that was the show as far okay. as I recall. Well, if like so much so that I believe the intro to the show, if I remember, was a frontier outpost and then like burning around it coming in to signify like the wild you know people coming to attack this frontier outpost with like like like, that's get ready like that's what i remember you know so is this a separate movie or did they just jam together like three episodes of a tv show I, I, I'm no expert. I want to say it's its own thing. Like they, okay. they made it its own movie. Was it during the run of the, the show or after or before? Or? Uh, from my memory, there's there's two seasons of Davy Crockett, the TV show, and then this the two movies. So I okay. want to say it was the, the show ran and then they made this movie. Okay. It's sort of the opposite of like Battlestar Galactica, which like did exactly yeah. what I just said, which is like they just shoehorned <laughs> three episodes together and said, hey, here's a movie. Go see it in theaters, you jackasses. Pay Star Wars money. Do it now. (laughs) I mean, I want to say this. This was an... I, I don't think I can understate this. This was an incredibly popular TV show. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, we aren't kidding, that's, folks. That's I mean, why they made the movie. Like. For those of you who, who don't know, I mean, when we talk about the, you know, raccoon skin caps being every kid had one. It's in Back to the Future, on mm-hmm. actually. Um, one of the yep. kids is wearing a hat. And they're singing. They got Deep, the Ballad of Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett theme song. Playing while in, Marty in McFly walks around. Yeah. So it was yep. extremely popular. That was, you know, this is the cowboy era before we all before all the kids discovered yep. you know space and that makes sense back in back to the future they travel to 1955 davy crockett king of the wild frontier released in 1955 right 
So exactly back to the future time. Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, America was obsessed with Westerns. They would then become obsessed with spaceships, you know, the next generation. But this was, you know, the, the baby boomers were young and, you know, they loved cowboys. That was that was where oh, their yeah. focus was in the 50s. So, yes, extremely popular. This would have been, you know, everybody would have seen this one, especially if it was Disney. So it would have been ubiquitous which is hilarious that we don't know a thing about it. <laughs> so I guess, I mean, I guess we're coming to the wager then. Uh, oh, yes. know. Do you think Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, will hold up? Well, okay. I hate to make some caveats, but I am going to. Okay. Um, just to be totally fair, I think almost unquestionably the, the political nature of it will not hold up. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that a show about an American frontiersman murdering animals and <laughs> and indigenous people is still a-okay. I think it will be horribly politically incorrect. Right. And really, uh, maybe even borderline offensive it, by today's standards in what's going on in the movie. That's right. my guess. So my prediction on that is like, certainly will not hold up. Um, what I'm actually more interested in, in a weird way, is how entertaining it is as a movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you know, war crimes aside. <laughs> well, right. What is the story of the movie? Is, yeah. Is the acting good? I remember it being good. Is it thrilling and entertaining in that way that like Indiana Jones is or something like, or let, here's another good example. Something like Tarzan, right. Which also has very questionable, you know, like natives in a jungle stuff that he's a killing, that would obviously today be like, eh, I don't know about that. But like in the fifties wasn't an issue. So, so divorce from the political divorce. Let's take politics out of it. Nelson. Divorce from <laughs> politics. It would be an entertaining, good movie. I don't know. I actually think it might. I actually think that it is going to be entertaining. Okay. And in for like a 50s movie. Okay. Because I remember these old Disney movies being good. I remember Swiss Family Robinson, like, they're kicking some pirate ass. This is right. like an adventure. This is a lot of fun. You know, I, I remember those movies actually being really entertaining. So I I think it, as, a, as an entertaining, fun adventure movie, will hold up as a <laughs> movie appropriate for 2021. Absolutely not. That's my guess. All right. Uh, well, my response to that is I agree that you have to watch movies sort of uh, with the awareness that they had when they were made. You have to sort of give, you know, allowances for certain things. Uh, that said, if the movie can't even get beyond its own allowances, then uh, it's probably not going to hold up. I fear it probably falls on that. I'm going to say it doesn't hold up for that reason that, you know, even and the story is probably just not there. It's just, you know, probably just cashing in on the legend of Davy Crockett, which is all bullshit anyway. So I'm going to say doesn't hold up. But if it does manage to get around the politics and have an actual good story, then I'll, I'll eat my words. I don't I don't mind. You know me. I even like sort of was trying to defend Gone with the Wind in our Gone with the Wind episode. It's true. I have, you know, if I if I'm going to go down with that one, I'm certainly, you know, probably wouldn't have any trouble <laughs> with Davy fucking Crockett, but you know, never can tell. All right. Well, the votes are in place. It's a split vote going in. We'll see if uh, Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, can handle the uh, the microscope. We're going to go watch Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. See you soon. And now Walt Disney characteristic of American folklore that most of our favorite legends and fables are based on the lives of real men, like Davy Crockett of Tennessee. 
fought single-handed through the Injun War Till the creeks was whipped and peace was in store And while he was handling this risky chore Made himself a legend forevermore He went off to Congress and served a spell Fixing up the government and laws as well Took over Washington, so I heard tell And patched up the crack in the Liberty Bell and though they say the men died at the Alamo, their spirits live on in eternity we are back from texas everyone hazan hello remember the alamo (laughs) it spanned my whole uh family i as i have family from tennessee i have family from texas i've been to washington a few times you know (laughs) i felt quite a kinship with that boy david crockett let me tell you what (laughs) well uh i suppose there's lots of questions that need asking lots of things that need unpacking uh, I suppose we should start by saying that indeed there was a warning in front of the Disney Plus there Davy was. Crockett. Yes, uh, Nelson. I actually looked it up. Then it was only on the screen for a brief, uh, let's say, three seconds. <laughs> but the the Disney Plus cultural insensitivity warning uh, on <laughs> I don't know what all other films it appears on, but it certainly appeared before Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. It reads. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. What? These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. (laughs) Disney is committing to created stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. To learn more about how stories have impacted society, visit www.disney.com forward slash stories matter. Uh, so it mattered <laughs> enough to show it for less than three seconds. So uh, that was interesting. I, I didn't even have time to read it in total uh, before I played. I had to go look it up. But that was the Disney's warning. Disney actually raised an interesting point here, and I, I actually prefer the way they handle it. Rather than remove it from the streaming service and, and sort of delete it from history, they're at least acknowledging, like, hey, we, we understand that this is sort of is now and was then culturally inappropriate, and we acknowledge that, but we want to have this on to spark a conversation. I actually sort of, in fact, chose it in the same vein. Right. I don't know if Disney PR actually meant this. But I, <laughs> for I a couple thought... of old white guys to <laughs> to, yes. to sharpen I, their blades and <laughs> i find these conversations really interesting i'm like particularly fascinated with completely out of date uh politically incorrect you know media and material and and how it plays now and that part of me that was actually really fascinated to see like do, i remember liking davy crockett uh without really thinking anything about 
the the cultural issues of it and how would i feel now many years later uh i am both happy and sad to report <laughs> that uh <laughs> it's definitely got some cultural issues but i don't know what, what did you think john well uh <laughs> the cultural issues were many uh the redeeming qualities were relatively few i don't i mean honestly the thing about it is like looking at it you know if you take away the political correctness or incorrectness if you take away all that stuff you're left with about 40 minutes (laughs) because there was a lot of engine killing in these movie in this movie yes uh and when you're what you're left with is not terribly much more than what you were saying before which is kind of a greatest hits biopic of like here's what davy crockett did uh but it's always under the lantern of like oh but wasn't he folksy or wasn't he you know kind of charming in his you know down home kind of way it's like it was it was completely like i don't want to say unrealistic because i mean it's a disney film of a certain you know vintage but i mean i couldn't i feel like i can't trust anything from this movie to be true except that he stepped he stepped foot in washington i mean it's all just a big legend and as far as that goes it's like well that's fine i mean there's lots of wonderful movies that are you know they're printing the legend and there's zero facts involved but as far as this one goes i mean part of it is the the problem is this i didn't dig the guy playing davy crockett i thought he was (laughs) woefully miscast so i mean Part, part of me is just like, well, if you take away all the uh, cultural inappropriateness, you have this guy on display and he's not that charismatic. I mean, he's got he's got a certain charm to him. I, I you know, I, I give him that. But he just they told they basically it seems like they told him, hey, man, please play this straight up. Do not give it any nuance or, yeah. you know, hint of of subtlety well i i don't know how much you remember about the portrayal but like he was exactly my memory of who davy crockett was i watched the show a fair amount and i certainly remembered him from old yeller so so i wasn't as thrown by the performance it was exactly as i remembered it being right um and i think there's a bit of yes it's he's not oozing charisma (laughs) that's that's for sure he kind of just looks like he you know walked out of a trailer uh, it's just a sort of deadpan reading every line he has, barely emoting. Right. Barely uh, conscious, I, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if the idea w- at the time was that this that Davy Crockett needs to be like a down-to-earth guy. So maybe his, his method with it was like, I'm just going to be your average Joe or something. Right. But I, there were times where I, I think it worked fine. I'm not uh, saying, I mean, yeah, I, it's, sure. it's not to say he's bad. It's just that it's like, it, there's nothing to it. I mean, it's a performance that any yeah. thespian could do. I, it's interesting that later in the movie, the dude that voiced Captain Hook shows up, who is <laughs> right. very much an actor, and he, in like 10 minutes, gave far more interesting of a character <laughs> than Davy Crockett he ever did, put and on. he had a whole arc and like, everything. He was yeah, I was ready and... for his, like, side movie. I was really into him. This this sort of, like, uh, charlatan-turned-adventurer-turned-defender uh, of the Alamo. <laughs> um, he was actually really interesting. Yeah, yeah I liked but, him. Yeah, well, I'll agree with you. Davy Crockett was not... <laughs> 
but I mean, it's kind of i don't know i guess that was the time right like he's just supposed to be your dad in the garage or something like <laughs> being on a show right barely well he certainly fulfilled that function dad in the garage yes. too busy for the kids i mean the great thing is like they set him up in the beginning like he's fighting the you know the wars with the native americans and then he yes. you know bust ranks and come comes home to see his family because he misses them so badly and he loves his wife and his kids. And, I mean, you know, there's a whole part where we can, we'll, we'll come back to Buddy Ebsen and his fucking wife. But, <laughs> but they get home, he kisses his wife, and then he says, oh, I'm off again, consarnate. And then he goes and fights the war again, comes back home, and then he's like, ah, well, I've been home for a day and a half, got to go see the hills again. And so he takes off and says goodbye to his wife for what becomes the last time the next he hears of her she's dead she from died. the pox and his kids have been you know have taken up residence with his sister-in-law and that's the last we see of him he's like oh well i mean <laughs> that seems to be the way of the times right like the 1800s just oh i got a letter i guess my wife died i guess oh, my well. wife is dead and her sister has adopted my kids yeah. eh good enough he needed like two minutes to think it over and be sad and, and then he was fine <laughs> like but i mean <laughs> they, took the time. they give so much investment to him and his wife and their kids and it's like and sure. she dies and it's not and you know you're sad and all but it is just like yep well tick that off the box he uh he mourned her for a good minute and a half and then he moved on with life and never did he think about them again and it's like <laughs> it doesn't become like a thing it doesn't you know he doesn't sure. think to himself oh you know i maybe i've wasted my life not seeing my kids or whatever it's all just like eh, fuck them well it's 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 not a terribly like character grounded movie or i guess tv show which is odd considering it's it's the story of davy crockett you think it would be just nothing but character right but like it, it seems to follow that old style of of sort of like historical checklist right uh an adventure where this is about davy crockett getting into mischief and adventures and fighting bears and native americans and uh mexican army members and stuff and then going through his historical record of okay he did this and then he did this and then he did this but it doesn't seem much concerned with like why is davy crockett who he is right like what ha you know what is his character no one's character matters he's literally trading out his wife to, for kisses as if it's nothing like that <laughs> which you mentioned buddy epson i that was unbelievable to me that, like 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 he saves davy crockett's life earlier in the movie and they jokingly say like well i guess my wife owes you a kiss for saving me <laughs> i thought he was just being being cute and then they roll in and in my brain i was like oh what's he gonna do kiss her ha 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 buddy epson like bends her down and just full on and he says i'll like, be taking my uh, yeah it doesn't tell her what's going on just says i'll just be having my reward now i'll be taking my reward and then just like i could not believe it we had to pause it, the movie because longino couldn't stop laughing it was so funny like it was just like what like I don't know. I they, I don't feel like they make stuff like that much. Like where it's no, just they certainly yeah. And after like twenty five minutes of wholesale, you know, uh, Native American slaughter, I mean, <laughs> they killed so many of them in such brutal fashion. Was, was like, Jesus Christ, what is this? The next Saw movie? I mean, they were just like <laughs> bloodying these poor guys up. And then he goes home, and some other dude kisses his wife, and he just stands over like John Wayne, like, <laughs> oh, you guys. <sighs> I well, and you, so you mentioned the Native American uh, murdering. Uh, just to, I, I, I briefly delved into it, but just to address 
the elephant in the room. So what's interesting, the first third of the movie, the first story is definitely the most like, oh, no, because it's basically <laughs> about Davy Crockett fighting the Indian Creek Wars and going after what was his name red stick i think something like, like the, that yeah red, there's there's red a stick. rogue the only by the way actual native american in the film they actually cast oh, a native american person which there i was shocked by honestly that because it was yes. everybody else was either you know of a different heritage or you know just in red face and it was totally you know yeah, but anyway i digress horribly inappropriate as expected <laughs> But that was the first like thirty minutes, because like because actually Nelson, you figured this out. We you had mentioned before, hey, is this just episodes turned into a movie, episodes of the TV show, or is this its own movie? And I think I was like, oh no, it's its own thing. And and you figured out that was not the case, right? No, it was. I guess what happened historically speaking, they made a TV show, not even a full on TV show though, like a limited series, like one or two different limited series that they played on the wonderful world of Disney. It was like three episodes. <clears throat> black and white actually they filmed it in color but they played it you know tv didn't play color back then sure. so they uh they did like three episodes of davy crockett uh it was extremely popular and disney was like oh i wish i'd have known it was going to be this popular i wouldn't have killed him off in the third episode <laughs> they put him to slap him together made a movie and people went to see that but i guess i mean at first i was like they went to see the thing that they saw on tv but in the theater it was in color so that at Got least it. explains a few like oh go. let's go to the theater and see it in color then well well that very much makes sense that it was a miniseries because it seemed to be in three parts it was like 30 minute chunks that were obviously sort of separate stories and i would i would say the the most egregious and offensive story was the first story of the indian creek wars <laughs> And that was where it was like, oh, no. And, yeah, it, the whole thing was just Davy Crockett hunting down this Native American that was, it, it was, cra like, it was everything I had remembered and more of, <laughs> of just wholesale slaughter. And I understand, like, that's what, it, that's the story. That's the war they're fighting, right? But it was, right. it was rough. Like, it, it, that was almost inexcusable. And so... What, what's interesting well, he doesn't, i mean the, he doesn't give like he doesn't seem to give a fig he's just like well we're fighting the indians i guess i'll kill indians and he does without any sort of like thought beyond just like well i guess that's who i'm killing today yeah but then like later on he like once they surrender and you know america said okay we're making a peace treaty then his thinking seems to shift then he's like well we made a peace treaty with him we can't just kill him now can't be, you know, that's rude. <laughs> yes. Well, that, so that was what, so this is the aspect of the movie that I was interested in and sort of puzzled by because, of course, many years divorced from it, my, all I remembered was him just killing people. <laughs> right. So I, I was like, surely there's no issue here. He just loves to, to kill all these people and that's what he does and he doesn't give a lick or care. What was interesting was to be, uh, this film, which has a, a insensitivity warning given by <laughs> Disney Plus, obviously seen as is bad, uh, had some weird, not subtle nuance to it, where it actually <laughs> did bring up the plight of Native Americans in the context of American history and right. Davy Crockett's stance on it, which, by all accounts, in today's standards, he's he's pretty bad for murdering all these people. But there was there was like two key issues. One was when you were talking about uh, fighting uh, Red Stick, 
he makes this thing of it's like a scene out of Planet of the Apes or something where he's like, <laughs> "Ape shall not kill ape, we man shall not kill man." He's We're like, gonna fist there's fight. some words written in you know, there, in, you know uh, those are good Indian words, but there were some words written before that. Thou shalt not kill. Yeah, and I'm and I'm like, dude, you've just killed 500 people, but okay, whatever. <laughs> sure, but but the stance he seems to take, and I I I don't know the history behind this at all and i doubt it's accurate <laughs> but but his claim is like oh i actually love native americans we get along great i'm particularly friends with the cherokees we're like practically brothers you guys have been warring out here and if you would just chill out everything would be fine like right. that, this was kind of his pitch <laughs> so he's like stop scalping everyone and killing everybody just you'd be welcome with open arms come on man and he sort of they, it ends in a handshake, right? Which which I was not. I thought sure surely he kills this. Well, guy. it ends like, in a handshake after he bests their their yeah, leader in pun- in mono yes. mono combat. So let's yes. not you know he had to no, beat the dude sh- first. Sure. <laughs> well, he had to show him the, the way or whatever. He had I don't to show know. them what macho really I'll, is. I'll just say I was surprised it ended peacefully in in some way. Now, granted, I'm sitting there and I know the history of America, and I go, well, no, they're not welcome with open arms this is like they're treated terribly but so then that comes to this next beat when he goes to congress it actually ends up being all about the uh like andrew jackson who was a general in the first part is elected president and then he actually wants to pass legislation to uh move native americans and put them into reservations and for the basically the trail of tears this is right. like andrew jackson's big thing and I didn't know this, but I guess Davy Crockett historically was opposed to this and voted against it. Was he in real life? He was. He was. This oh, is actually this is authentic to his actual position, but he actually opposed Andrew Jackson on a on a bunch of legislation and was really against the idea of uh, of moving the Native Americans to Oklahoma and doing the Trail of Tears and all that. So they depict this in the movie. He goes, it's like fucking Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's like Davy Crockett goes to Washington. He goes in and gives this hooting and hollering speech about how awful this is to applause. Now they end up passing this legislation. So I don't know why it looks like a, a win in the movie. They make it look like but, he, you know, well, he sacrificed his career, but he won the point. Basically, yes. they say it in those words, right? They, they say, yes. everybody won the point. And it's like, well, he maybe won the point, yeah, but he no, lost he the vote. and did not win the point. <laughs> But again, I so you're it's sort of an interesting paradoxical film. Like you're both met initially with with basically hate crimes. Like you're witnessing <laughs> like a half hour of hate crimes, the, the smiting of a people unjustly, and it's undeniably awful. And then to have the movie, it sort of surprised me with these weirdly more moderate like hey you know we almost like in defense of native americans in this weird way that like was had a lot of cognitive dissonance because it's like well that's not what i saw you do but (laughs) that's what you're saying now well i don't know what did you think of all that i that kind of threw me honestly well i think what they were trying to say is basically they were i mean that's the only character they give davy crockett is that like you know stoic john wayne-ish type where it's like well hey we made an agreement we said we were going to do a thing and then we didn't do it what's interesting is the cognitive dissonance i think you know you're feeling is not necessarily that like you know, the hero of the movie seems to be, you know, at least his heart seems to be in the right place. The country doesn't seem to be, but yet 
the country is not brought to task for it in the movie either. It's like, well, and now a different peoples are attacking the Alamo. Well, and they basically almost say like, yeah, and they're wrong there too. America's wrong to be, you know, you know, fighting in this war down on the border. But we're going to go defend him anyway, those uh, <laughs> ne'er-do-wells. And then they go and they die, and you're supposed to be real sad about that. But it's like, well, I mean, you kind of said that he's like defending the indefensible almost he's like or he's like the patron saint of stupid causes the stupid american causes it's like well wh- i so I, I i don't know here here's the thing i'm not going to speak out of out of pocket about the the mexican american war i i don't actually know the timeline of like who was where when and who has just claim over whatever's going on like I know certainly more about the Trail of Tears and Native Americans. It's pretty easy to go like, well, obviously (laughs) we were in the wrong on that one. Um, The the Alamo and and the the defense of it is is still a very well remembered and and like patriotic thing. And I I, I just I'm going to actually just admit ignorance. Like I don't actually know all of the history of it. Nor I. I don't I, I don't feel. I can I can make the claim of like who's on the right side or whatever. Well, here's like, the thing: I'm not even I, when I say that he's obviously the patron saint of like weird causes. I'm talking about the movie. I'm not even talking about real history. They tell him in the movie, it's like, well, these there are these bunch of guys down at the Alamo, basically just holed up and fighting, you know, because uh, yes, they're okay. hard headed idiots. And he's like, that's right. They do know. say that. They say these morons are fighting out over here. Yeah, and he's but like, this oh, was the yeah. bureaucrat, the, yeah. po- the, the DC politician talking. You know? Right, and they, and he's like, yeah, they're idiots, but they're my idiots, so I'm gonna go die with them. Is basically the excuse given for it. Well, I mean, the way I read it is he like wanted to move to Texas. He was just like, Hey, I, I, this is the new frontier, right? You know, my Tennessee and all these other areas are fully settled. I want the new frontier. I'm going to Texas. Oh, Hey, he, he, he almost seemed like what's, what's odd is my memory of the history is like Alam. They, they put out the call for volunteers and Tennessee, riflemen answer the call and go to the alamo in the movie it seems like he's just like <laughs> traveling in texas and kind of serendipitously happens to he, come he to bumps the into the alamo yeah yeah he's like on his way and just kind of randomly ends up there like that, at least that's how it played to me which is i don't think in any way accurate probably not i mean well i think what they're trying to do is they're trying to show like well he's had it up to his neck with politics he's already been to war he's now a man of peace and all he wants is to retire and forget his children but once again (laughs) he hears the call because these idiots in texas are holed up and no one is coming to help them so i you know again it's you can't trust the movie anyway so i'm not going to get my history from this but it does the character that they give him is just like well right is right and wrong is wrong and i was fighting for right and you know now that they now that we've beaten the foe and they are you know uh coming to us hat in hand then we have to treat them a certain way so you get his sympathy you know you you give him sympathy because he's like well at least he's a man of his word i mean right. he spent the <laughs> most of his time wholesale slaughtering people but i guess <laughs> once you say you quit and you're not going to fight anymore then he's like well we can't fight there yeah. is that point where like he's moving to what is it nebraska i mean he's in nebraska he's moving to a different part of nebraska or tennessee tennessee well he's moving to a different he's in tennessee right Right. at the beginning when he leaves his wife because the wanderlust takes him goes to a different part of tennessee becomes basically the local you know gentry sheriff or whatever um 
because that was the, actually the one the hot minute where he was fighting the bad guy like the, right. the just objectively gangster bad guy right it was the only so, time in the movie that the you know he took like sort of an opposing viewpoint to the american manifest destiny like he goes there he's like oh man this would be a great place and then the local whoever the mayor or whoever says to him yeah it'd be a great place to you know raise kids if we could get anybody to come here and raise kids these bunch of outlaws moved in and they're terrorizing the place it's just right. like it's exactly like tombstone the movie tombstone it's like all these <laughs> deadbeats yeah. are coming in and fucking up the place well, and that was another beat that threw me because the plot was that uh i think it was bigfoot and his gang were taking coming in and taking Cherokee land that had been promised to Native Americans that were living there and had a deed. Right. And he was saying, you're an Indian. I don't get the fuck out of here and kick him out and reselling their land. And then Davy Crockett was like, this is obviously an atrocity and I'm going to stop it. So again, it was another area where like, oh, okay. All of a sudden it took this turn where like, look at these poor Native Americans being abused by this gangster. <laughs> right. I'm going to step in here. But I'm like, what? Like, because <laughs> you were just hunting and killing them for 30 minutes. Right. Like, well, and I mean, the stereotype flipped real quick. In the beginning, it's the stereotype of, ah, but the Native American has nothing but bloodlust and, you know, will do nothing but, you know, right. kill his. And then you see a guy who's like, eh, they beat me up and took my. And, you know, and suddenly it's the victimized you know native american thing and it's like again here comes the white savior to to help him out and it's sure. like well that was definitely what it was again you know problematic across the board but at least you know in this movie's defense i guess for the time period that's practically like socialist talk you know what i mean that's like oh my god <laughs> davy crockett is standing up for the trot upon native american maybe i should rethink my stance i don't you know I mean, I get again for the time. Maybe it's a little progressive, but it's also like, yeah. But you've certainly, you know. I mean, I would hesitate to call it progressive, but I, I, I progressive-ish. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems to be acknowledging a reality that uh, you know we don't really talk or think about much, which is just like it wasn't simply just one people, the Native Americans. Like right. there was a thing where there was many different tribes oftentimes warring with each other some tribes like traded and were friendly with settlers some tribes rightfully so were like the fuck are you doing here right we're just gonna kill your ass because what the hell you're on our, our land or not even our land like you're just you're encroaching into into our territory get the fuck out of here right so it's it's sort of i i think there's a nuance to the movie where he's like well cherokee you're fine i'm friends with them but all these warring you know uh people in the in the creek like i'm right. i'm gonna kill them they're bad guys well the movie and, even and, thanks and, the cherokee nation at the, up at the top yes uh, yeah so, so i, I, I mean, think obviously it's just there's the good people and the bad people yes I, I think it's a nuance that's lost now because it's an entire population of people that are virtually extinct and died out and, and put on reservations and stuff. So we we nowadays really just think of, oh, the Native Americans. Right. But there's actually a very complicated history of like what tribe, what area, you know, what thing. And so uh, the, the movie, because the movie set in the 1800s and it's Davy Crockett's story, he seems more understanding of like there's this tribe and this tribe and this tribe and they all have a different vibe right. and well and he can even I'm warring you know, with this tribe and i'm friends with this tribe and like he even kind of speaks thing. the language and you know much like any good uh generic movie hero he knows their you know their ways and their customs so he knows that he can you know call upon sure. the duel by combat and shit like that 
So, I mean, they they do take pains to be like, oh, well, he's different. He understands their ways. Barbarous though they are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the th- Yes. Objectively, the, the you mentioned white savior. Absolutely. They're, from head to tails, I'm sitting here saying, oh, he's sympathetic to some of these tribes and things. The movie unequivocally sees the white race is like superior and <laughs> better in every way. Right. And, and the saviors of the land, you can, you mentioned manifest destiny a lot, which I thought was yes. very apt for the movie. Well, I mean, it's the whole story, right? That's the theme we're talking about is like, well, head West. There's lots of free land out West. No, don't worry about the people there. They'll get out of your way. That's yep. this is America. Motherfucker. Take what you will. Yeah, exactly. And there was, I mean, that was the, I mean, they said it a couple times out loud, but mostly it was just sort of the implied dream. It was just like, eh, there's lots of land out west. We're going west. America's heading west. We're expanding. And it was just, and the thing, of course, is, you know, because that back in those days, that's all it was. It's like, well, it's just assumed that's correct. Manifest destiny was our destiny. We took it into our fists and here we are. So, I mean, the movie is just sort of following in the footsteps of, you know, the politics and education at the time it's like ah, well davy crockett's not responsible for this he's just caught up in the whirlwind <laughs> well uh i i will say for act three the alamo because we sort of talked about act one murdering native americans yes, act one act, slaughter act two washington act two, s- wa- saving the the local town from the the gunslinger slash washington right and uh, being against Andrew Jackson. Act three was Alamo. And let me tell you, you say this aired on the wonderful world of Disney. All I got to say is the children of 1955, <laughs> like, wow. I didn't know Sam Peckinpah guest directed <laughs> the fucking Alamo. That shit was straight out of the wild bunch. It was the craziest thing. Just like wholesale murder of every human being on screen. Well, as long as they didn't show Disney? them actually getting like, stabbed with the knife itself, as long as they were just sort of implied. Yes. People got shot to shit, man. I've seen less murders in fucking Rambo First Blood. Like, it's crazy. It was insane. And I get it. That's the story. They die in the Alamo. But, like, wow. This was made by Disney for kids and families. (laughs) And aired on TV, like you said. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I think it's only really just that. I mean, there's the, the they go to the Alamo and it's mostly a lot of holding up and saying how hopeless everything is. And then sure. in the last 10 minutes is when they get really piled on and and, uh, you know, they're the the enemy is putting like ladders up to the castle and, you know, some Game of Thrones type shit where they're, yeah. you know, it was like Helm's Deep. <laughs> <laughs> they would have a lot of shooting and they, you know, sort of were like going over how hopeless things were and it. And then the best part is, like, you know what's coming. You've known what's coming since before the movie started. But then, like, you know, they they storm the ramparts. They're taking over. And the movie ends not with Davy Crockett's death, but with him, like, swinging, going down swinging, basically. You don't see him yes. die. You just see him surrounded. And, like, he's run out of bullets. And now he's just using his gun to, you know, fight him off. And, it's, and then triumphantly, they say, people think they died there, but their spirits live on. Yay! Right. It was kind of like, hey, we won! <laughs> Except you're like, you just saw a dude about to die. Yes. And all of his friends well, just died. Well, like I said, the, the image of the Alamo, despite it being a defeat, is often just viewed as like the catalyst for victory. Because, right. the, 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 because of the Alamo, they had the political juice and will to like full press go all in on that war. Right. 
and win. So that's why it's like, oh yeah, even even it's weirdly like, even though it's a tragedy, it's viewed as this super heroic, awesome thing, right? Well, they, I mean, I, I agree. Like they all just get shot and die, so it, it's it, it's hard to go. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a neat trick treating. It's like here's you can't lose any harder than they lost. Yet they treat it as a win. The credits treat it as a win. It's like, yay, see, folks, you can have a happy ending after all. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then they go, movie's <laughs> over, go home. Don't think about it too hard. I think because it's weird. It's that American frontier hero spin on sure. the Alamo. The Al- people like yeehaw the Alamo. Right. Like, like, fuck yeah. Well, even in the Wild Bunch, I feel like the thing that it's missing is like, you know, he goes down swinging and the movie is just like, yes, goodbye, the end. Like, even the Wild Bunch, it's like they've gone out wholesale murder. There's been this like, you know, f- two or three hours of just people getting gunned down in the streets by Gatlin guns and shit. And then there's like five minutes of just like epilogue of like, yeah, yeah, that was the West. There was like some sort of wrap up. This was just like, yep, yeah, we're done. done Go home. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what the equivalent is, I think? like uh, Something like Thelma and Louise, I think, uh, has that vibe of yes. like, it's like, hey, everybody, spoiler alert for Thelma and Louise in case you haven't seen it, but like, <laughs> it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should, you should definitely watch it. You should it. watch it. Um, but yeah, they're, that ending is heroic and depicted right. as such, but they're cornered, certainly uh, in, about to go to jail and then f- do this fucking suicide off the cliff thing. Right. And so I think that's like the vibe of the Alamo for a lot of people is like, even though it's, it's, it's a loss or a death, it's seen as like, it's like, and that's Davy Crockett's thing. Like it's right. sure death, right? Like they obviously seem like they're losing and their whole thing is just like, they, they make a big point in the movie of drawing a literal line in the sand right. and going, okay, everybody, uh, jig is up. We're all going to die here. Anybody that wants to bitch out and head out the back door, you're welcome to. No one <laughs> We're going to close our eyes, put our hands over our ears while you run. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, if you want to, you know, show uh, this army what the U.S. is all about and how we never give up on anything, why cross this line. And then the entire fucking cast cross the line. Like, so I think that's the Alamo vibe is like they chose to die. Right. To, to to just stick it to him or something <laughs> like so that's why it's less tragedy and more seen as like yeah you know like, i don't know well you know all the only, and i don't know that this would be you know appropriate for the movie or what but the only thing this movie was missing was davy crockett giving one last speech preferably as he was getting stuck full of bayonets or something like this <laughs> the american will out can never yeah. be undone <laughs> freedom exactly yeah. <laughs> you needed your hero to be doing you know one last good speech to the troops even if all the troops are dead I'm surprised. Basically, I'm surprised they didn't do that. The fact that they let sort of Davy Crockett kind of fade into the background while, you know, well, not in the well, background, but you just know, sort his of- speeches sucked. Like it was he was just like, <laughs> like he literally went to Congress and was like, yeah, it's me, Davy Crockett, the backwoodsman. I fuck my sister. I just I fucking don't have no teeth. Hey, now, hey he, look at the hillbilly. He uh, I, I'm not one for speeches by. Like, he he was, didn't he say he fucked that. his sister. He said he had the prettiest sister. Had the prettiest sister. The fucking I, was completely implied. And we <laughs> tamed a bar, and he waits at my table, and yeah, like you know what the problem is. I just you saying the tamed a bar thing. They obviously they've got a lot invested in the whole idea that Davy Crockett could kill a bear, bear uh, you know, barehanded, as it were. 
Uh, so they start the movie. His introduction is him, quote unquote, grinning down a bar, which, mm-hmm. you know, the, the army is like, where's Crockett? Where's Crockett? Go find me Crockett. And they go into the woods and Buddy Epson's like, Shh, quiet. He's grinning down a bar. And then then they pull him out of the brush and the bear comes and Davy Crockett says, hey, I was grinning him down. And then he goes in and stabs him to death with his knife because, you know, knives work better than teeth. And but he's got this whole fucking theory from like the point one of the movie. He says, I've got this theory that you can smile and it'll do them in. And I'm and I'm fuzzy on how he does them in with his grin because he tries it at least once with one of the you know Native Americans he's fighting. Yes. He tries grinning at him and it just like and it, it sounded like that was what he's supposed to do. You grin at him and they come at you and you stab him or whatever. And then he grins at, at Red Stick. Red Stick gets angry and charges him. He's like, well, I guess that didn't work. And it's like, well, what did you think was going to? I mean, <laughs> that seems to me like some homespun bullshit, like part of the led the tall tales of David Crockett. Right like killed a bar when he was three like my ass like that obviously didn't <laughs> well they happen. had the excuse for that too they had a i mean they had yes. an unforgiven type moment where his you know buddy epson and he are separated for years at one point while he goes off to congress and then these you know little uh dime novels get back to him it's like oh my god davy crockett could you know wrestle a bar and he could you know uh eat indians for breakfast or whatever and it's just all these like tall tales which by the way don't seem much different than the you know what's actually happening <laughs> right. in this actual movie but davy crockett's like i never did any of yeah, that it's, it's like a weird meta mo- or meta moment where the movie is saying like yeah everything we've been showing you is half bullshit like, <laughs> exactly they basically call it out as like eh, this guy's making shit up about me yeah, he's like, I wish he wouldn't make stuff up about me. He's like, as far as we can tell, he's telling straight dope. <laughs> I mean, but I, it is one of those weird moments where like, okay, so you're basically giving, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is all, like you say, it's horse shit. Hey, audience, guess what? This is all a lie. And it's, you know, we're, we're, we're printing the legend, which I feel like they could have done more with. But I don't know. I guess they weren't ready for Unforgiven yet. So <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite. All Not right. quite that time. Uh, Longino, render verdict. Uh, what do you say? What say you about Davy Crockett? Did it hold up? Well, well shucks. Uh, since I, I hate to be cheap, but since I gave myself an out at the beginning of this about talking about it in sort of <laughs> almost two parts, I think I think unquestionably uh, the the warning given by Disney Plus is warranted and valid. Right. It is horribly insensitive culturally. And those things politically do not hold up to today whatsoever. Uh, not not a lick, not a bit. Uh, so in that aspect, it did not hold up at all. In the aspect of just my memory of a fun adventure, uh, I'm happy to report that it did not hold up there either. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I'll just confess. I like that. I'm happy uh, to report. <laughs> um, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. We had fun watching it. We sure did. And it's definitely a time and a place thing. I mean, even not only just culturally, but also style-wise. Like, this is a 50s-ass TV show, obvious stunt doubles, <laughs> bad cheap dumb stunts yes not well acted you know buddy epson did his best like he was he was charming right but like i would sooner point there are better movies in this vein that are still good now that i would point people to that are not this movie i would point people to swiss family robinson i would point people to the old tarzan movies even like i Mm -hmm. i think you know 
I think there's plenty of. I mean, fuck. If we're gonna go Wild West, let's like but dust off some John Ford movies. Right. You, moments ago, you quoted uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. I'll send someone <laughs> that way immediately. So, so this the only value this had for me was nostalgia. Right. That that's about the main value. Um. So in that vein, it it was not entertaining like it was when I was a kid, and I was aghast at some of the things <laughs> in the movie. Therefore, I am rendering the verdict that it did not hold up. Yeah, um, I, I think obviously I agree. I don't think it held up in, in any which way, shape, or form. It was kind of a <laughs> fun cultural oddity to watch. There were certainly you know laughs and yucks to be had, but mostly at the expense of the movie. It's interesting that you actually, I mean, we didn't even, usually we talk about it at least a little bit, but we had we didn't even almost bother to talk about the, quote, cinema of the movie because there was <laughs> very sure. little. I mean, yes. it was obviously a TV show. Yes. very you know maybe expensive like masters and medium shots because that's what you're getting yeah that's exactly it. like everything's done in a master they shot you know they did two takes and called lunch it was <laughs> it was very stagey in its setup and i mean you know there's been movies where like well they had a cheap budget and it was obviously done on the you know for a dime but like they made what they could out of it cinematically this is not that movie so even you know holding up cinematically it's like if you want to see a disney movie there's like even like old yeller i mean you know talk about oh, yeah. like cinematic yeah. that you know way Definitely different much better yes. yeah so yeah, yeah it, even even there's even movies from this time or not recently after this time that i i would recommend for sure i mean the thing that this had going for it is uh they shot in thousand oaks and so it's real pretty <laughs> the backgrounds are real pretty and sometimes they'll do like a wide shot of like texas or something but for the most part it's like yeah it's pretty uh static we'll say and yes. we'll generously say and leave it at that so uh sorry sorry folks sorry disney uh davy crockett does not hold up the the verdict is rendered go home disney you're <laughs> drunk but you know what? Hey, I, I would still recommend someone give it a play just to, you know, just to bear witness to history, I think. Like, well, that's like, the thing. Is I was like, this, I don't this know. This was mainstream yes. at the time. Like, well, I would not show this to my kid now because I'd be worried about what she took away from it. But it is one of those things that I'm like, she should see this at some point to be like, hey, you think things are bad. You know, let's let's Ooh. show you what America used to think. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Well, we have uh, done the listener request. Thank you, Robin, once again for suggesting a Disney movie. I'm sorry that we uh, turned it against you. But, uh, you know, them's the breaks when you trust a couple of old white cis dudes. So. <laughs> uh, but I swear to you, next month we'll get back to doing what we do best which is uh not much no i'm kidding we're gonna do a comedy next month do you remember what we're doing lunch no it's oh, my remind me it's my pick and we're gonna be doing a comedy a uh, will ferrell we've done will ferrell before but he's coming back we've also done napoleon dynamite before john heater's coming back i can only mean one movie we're gonna be doing blades of glory Ooh. and i got a fun story for that one but you'll have to come back and hear it uh, until then, you can reach us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. You can go to holduppodcast.com, check out all our social media circles, our Twitters, our Instagrams, our Facebooks. Go to any of those and, you know, drop a listener request. Uh, as you, <laughs> I mean, after we've just spent the whole last hour just completely <laughs> turning it see on its ear. See how we pervert your own request. Uh, <laughs> give it a go. Yeah, see how badly we muck it up for you. <laughs> give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen? Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And until next time, nobody move, nobody gets hurt. <laughs>